You look like a Tibetan monk who's a Lakers fan. <laughs> yeah. Very cute. You do. You got your little, uh, like, orange is the new black. It's like you're about to get let off into prison pants, and you're... Well, you know what these are? Joey DeSalvo, the sheriff of Aspen, Colorado, one of your favorite people. I do love him. Uh, I had a nice evening He's an amazing him. man. He, um, he brought over a bunch of inmate clothes. So I have, like, three sets of actual pick and county jail inmate clothes and these are the pants <laughs> I, that, that's unreal have you i assume you've washed them since they were Mm-mm. last used no you want no you want the remains of a criminal on your legs as you uh prepare Listen, for your day i've i've i grew up privileged you know um to famous parents and i want to feel what it's like to be in the juices of an inmate <laughs> Have you ever like done the little uh, shackled ankle walk, like the the little baby steps, and you're <laughs> you come in to see Aaron at night, and your hands are together, and you're walking with your little leg, those little baby steps. You know what? Um, no, but when I, I it's I put almost them Halloween on for the first time. I know. Well, five nights ago is when I sort of first put them on, and <clears throat> I got laid. Aaron, she kind of got horny. She was like. I kind of dig this whole jail vibe. And so then I, I took her like an inmate would, you know? <laughs> through, gla- through glass? No, I bent over and she slapped <laughs> one on. <laughs> oh no, it was uh, it was good. She she got turned on a little bit by it, you know what I mean? Is it was this like a little inmate stuff. Freak you out a little bit? Like maybe in another life, she's one of these women that fall in love with inmates and criminals that they see like on Dateline and they send them a letter. <laughs> oh my God, you were so wrongfully accused. I love you. Can I come visit? Yeah. You're a TV For star. Sure. She's she's probably already writing inmates letters that I don't even know about. Right. Like Scott Peterson. <laughs> she's hot for Scott Peterson. <laughs> How did you pull that out that fast, Scott Peterson? Um, Because I watched, did you watch that A&E like four part documentary on him, which basically at the end you're kind of like, wow, I did he do this? I mean, it's really a fantastic uh, mini documentary series, and now they're I think they're appealing. He's appealing uh, his sentencing, and things are sort of moving in the right direction for him. Are you so going to testify not, for him? Maybe. Well, you know, my, you know, Josh Algra is a friend of mine. You know him. He used to work at TaylorMade. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. But he, he played on the golf team with Scott Peterson um, in Central well, Cal. Well, he like, couldn't they were have very, possibly done it. Well, they were very, very good friends. And Algra was like, I, I, he knew Lacey Peterson, the whole thing. And he, he even said, he goes, this is shocking. Like, he, I'd never thought this guy could do something like this ever. I mean, it was, it was shocking. And. And of course, now this documentary comes out, and I don't know. I don't. Well, aren't know. they all shocking? I mean, unless unless somebody is just constantly all day, every day, going around going, "I'm nuts. I'm a. I'm totally a loose cannon, and you shouldn't be friends with me." Everybody should be at some point surprised that person X just did Y. Like, I mean, that yeah, the guy. Come on, there's. I, I've seen enough of put totally seen enough of scott peterson for one lifetime but there i don't think there's any doubt <laughs> that the guy did it i don't know you oh gotta watch God. this you gotta watch this documentary i'm not saying that he didn't you know but but you gotta it, it's it's compelling i will say that and and, and yes there are people who it, it, it's shocking but you know you've had friends in your life that might do things where you say oh well you know I was kind of uh, waiting for that to happen, or that's right. not surprising. Yeah. I mean, yeah. However, none of them have killed their pregnant wife yet. Good point. Although my friends you know. are mostly fifty and older, so nobody except me are having mm-hmm. any kids. So yeah. Well, I'm I'm not fifty. I'm I'm your friend. I'm forty four. I know. You know. I know. Am I your youngest friend, by the way? No. Uh, Kelly James is probably my youngest friend. The Who's that? You know Kelly. He's the uber entertainer that does all the corporate events. He does. He, he's like the freestyle 
uh, rap guy who is just unbelievably talented, who will stand with his band at the first tee of a golf event and do a freestyle rap about the four guys picking a chord out of the, you know, uh, out of the clear blue sky and then making this thing multi-layered. I mean, he's a genius. I don't know. I speak for a living. I do, you know, a game a day these days. I I stand in awe watching this guy do what he does. And he and he does corporate events and he'll go, "Okay, he'll he'll talk to the person before he goes out there that put the event together." And then he'll say, "Okay, give me five names and give me something quirky about them that will get people to laugh." And then he will incorporate that into an on the spot rap that is just unbelievable and then i just saw a recent show of his when we were out in colorado where he's laying down live tracks and recording and then layering on top with different instruments and by the end he's got like a full sounding band and it's just him Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. i mean that's not the point of this podcast the point of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) no 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 look you just you might have made him some money. All right. You just he doesn't promoted need him. money. That guy's been on a tour, Oliver. Do you want to give his web do you want to give his website? I it's Kelly James Music. I don't I don't know, you know. Okay. He's a USC grad. He's a really brilliant guy. Uh what's that society? He's a member of like I want to say uh the oh 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 Dead Poets. No, the one in like that meets in Northern California that's Oh, the Sierra Club? It's like that. I don't think it's a Sierra well, C- Club, it, but it's you know well, the CEOs Sierra- and people that go. Yeah, yeah, to- yeah. No, no. It's it's called the Sierra. It's called the Sierra Club. I don't think that's it. It's a different name. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. How much you want to bet? Uh, I'll bet you a thousand dollars that you don't have. All right. Deal. I I was just with a bunch of these guys. Okay, I'm going to text like a month him. And a half by the ago. time we stop. Uh, Recording, I will have the name. And, and it's called the Sierra, Sierra something. It's the Sierra Club. Oh, now Club. you're backing it's, off. No, it's the Sierra Club or the Sierra something. I mean, uh, it's definitely Sierra. Okay. I'm texting. Do you like so him more than me? Um, I don't like anybody more than I like you most of the time. What about Smoltz? I love John. It's just fun. More than me? No, it's different. I work with John. I guess I work with you, but I work with John, and it's just nice, same with Troy, where I can get into a packed SUV and go to a game after all testing for COVID, and I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I, love, I love, hold on, hold on, hold on. You love the disclaimer. I love that, the disclaimer, every show we do, there's some sort of a disclaimer from you. I know. I'm so, so buttoned up, I'm so, which is why this week has just been so funny in some ways you've been on fire this week dude it's every day i'm listening to your voice i know it's uh i'm sorry i want to apologize to the uh viewing audience of america for constantly invading their living rooms and doing game after game so since you you and i last talked last monday i've done a game every day in one two three and then back to this city and i'm about to go to philly tomorrow to do football I'm surprised you haven't gotten the sports mixed up. Like third and nine, double to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I think I've always been good, even in school, of compartmentalizing and just kind of handling what's in front of me. I, I was a good, I was a decent test taker because I could kind of shove all the information into my head, walk in, take the exam, leave, and never remember anything that I learned before the exam mm. but I would do okay I was like a B student and and for announcing you know I know I've done this for almost 30 years and I, I can tell you I know what I need to know I know how I need to find it and I can get right to it it, it would be a lot for somebody just starting out to go okay yes for for 18 days you're going to do 17 games nationally televised games over two sports in multiple cities Go get them. It's like a survivor of broadcasting. and Dude, that's fucking crazy time. I mean, that has to be a record, right? I mean, you must be... Uh, has this oh, been done mile. before? Yeah, no. Yeah, by a mile, yeah. It's just this time of year. And then the one day that I could have had off, uh, which would have been this past Monday, because of COVID and rescheduling of games, a game that was supposed to be last Thursday... 
was moved to the off day for me on Monday. It was the day before the mm. World Series started, and that was the Kansas City at Buffalo game, which was a fun game. I'm so glad I was there and did that game because I, I, yeah. I had not been to Buffalo and done a game since 1995 when I was 26. And wow. it sucked that fans weren't there because that's such a great atmosphere in Buffalo. It's like Green Bay of the AFC. It's just a... It's it's a smallish town, small market, but God, they love the Bills. And when you get into a stadium, same with Green Bay, you get into a stadium where everybody is just they they've been waiting for this and this particular matchup all year. The place is nuts, and you can just tap into that as a broadcaster and do so much less, but the broadcast sounds so much better because mm-hmm. you know there's there's an ambient natural sound that you just can't replicate so it's it's stunk that the fans weren't there i know well even uh you know when the dodgers won the um nlcs right it's it, 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 you were there is it i wasn't there i was i was doing a game so i that's the only game i missed oh shit but i was doing right. well, a game so Joe Davis who's great and does the dodgers and took over for scully and yeah. which has its own traps uh he came did the game seven while i was doing uh right tampa bay green bay but but what happens when they they win and it was just such a great game and then if there's no one in the stands and they're all celebrating on the tv we're hearing as if it's dodger stadium and on the field it's just dead quiet except for them being like well i i I will say this uh here in arlington uh they have allowed eleven thousand fans, and it and it's a smallish stadium. It's the first year of this new stadium. Eleven thousand fans in this stadium feels legit. And then when you add a layer of crowd noise in it, it it's felt great. Um, so this World Series is a little different than the last round. As you and I talk, World Series Game One was last night that the Dodgers won mm-hmm. and showed all that they can do, and they're. They're they're finally, mm-hmm. I think, hitting their stride, which is bad news for Tampa Bay. But mm-hmm. during the NLCS, there were a lot of Atlanta fans. They traveled to Arlington. There were some Dodger fans. Now there's a pretty good amount of Dodger fans and less Tampa Bay fans. So it's a little less I talked about it during the game. It's a little less noisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there still feels like there's enough people there to make it feel normal when I look out from the booth. So that's nice. Is that last night when you then said, and by the way, just so you know, I'm, I do not favor the Tampa Bay Rays. You, you, you gave sort of an amendment to something that you said last night. Uh, I don't know. You did. You, you, you made it clear that you have no favorites. Well, yeah, I mean. You know, I took note of well, that. You and I, I took note of that. I've talked about this a thousand times. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a thousand times. But it's so, funny because uh, it's it's funny how I have to think because I will actually pick out a tie. Like if I'm going to a Packer game and they're playing Minnesota, and I mm-hmm. pick out a tie that is predominantly purple, I put oh, I put it back fucked. in my closet. <laughs> That's amazing. And and it's but it's real. And people go, oh, he's you know he's wearing purple. He's I could not care less, as we talked about a million times. We're not going to do it again. But yesterday, no. I I took a picture of the necklace I wear. Uh, it's made, I think, by David Yerman. But on the on the inside of it, it's got Michelle's initials, Natalie, Trudy, Blake, Wyatt, and a heart. And I took a picture of it on top of the media guide for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I tweeted mm-hmm. it, and I said, and by the way, as always, I don't have any rooting interest. <laughs> <laughs> Except for I root for great games, and I'm just trying to catch up on Tampa Bay because I've just done the Dodgers for the last six days. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, most of it, I, I'm so over it by now. It's to the point Dude, where I know. it's to the point where yeah, I like I I'm I'm really getting dangerously close to yes, not caring I love at it. all. <laughs> and it's gonna I love be, it. Yeah, you no, love it. I cannot. I can't wait for that moment, dude. I can't wait. Because it's getting what I there. Think you I'm, do. I'm doing World Series games and saying things. We did an LCS game. I, I imitated Wolf Blitzer. We, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing things in nationally televised broadcasts that I would do like on a local broadcast, and and that's made it a hundred times more fun for me. And I think people are like, "The hell is he doing?" Because in typically, it's you know even with the great Vin Scully or others that have done it. Pat Summerall, 
it's really straight. It's really, you know, it's really mm-hmm. right to the facts. And and yep. and Vin will tell this beautiful story of, you know, multiple layers and it winds it all up while he's calling play by play by himself, which is amazing. Yeah. He's not working in another guy, which is good and bad. But it's always been really straight baseball. And if anybody ever steps out of that lane, people are like, huh? So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stepping way out of that lane. And I think the, I think the fact Oliver, that there are very few fans in the stands has led me to that. I, I think mm-hmm. it's actually in a way been good for my mind because, you know, a lot of times I'll, you've been with me in the booth and somebody can yell up and go, Hey, fuck you. Or whatever. If they think I'm, if they think I <laughs> like a Dodger fan, I'll walk by the booth and go quit hating on the Dodgers. And, and while I yeah. laugh at it, it still gets in my head. And mm-hmm. now that that's like out of the equation, I feel like I'm almost doing it in my basement and I can just have fun with it. Well, I think you should go completely the other way. I think that you should root for teams tweet instagram about like go tampa and then the next day go dodgers and when you're doing the you know chiefs game let's go chiefs i mean you might as well lean into it and root for every fucking game. well it's true because I've, I've thought about that it's like god i don't even know what people hear but they hear it through their own filter of living and dying for their own team so they're pissed because mm-hmm. i just yelled and screamed that their team lost so they don't like me and yeah. <laughs> and i should like sometimes i'm like why don't i just start saying we you know, hey, yeah. boy, we need a home run right here, which is what yeah. you do when you do local. <laughs> boy, we need a triple play. Two on, nobody out. We need a triple play right here. We? What do you mean, we? <laughs> but, yeah, I've thought about that. Dude, it's, that would be good. Uh, that would be good. Thank you for sending me the article uh, on the uh, controversy that Troy and I are embroiled in. Oh, yeah. I wanted to bring this up. Of course, I'm going to bring this up. So I just read it. I've got, because everyone knows we do the podcast. Everyone knows we're friends. So I have friends and, you know, the sheriff I played golf with yesterday. And everyone's texting me like, did you see the Joe and Troy thing? I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't that big of a fucking deal. But it made they made it out to be pretty big. It's just funny. It's we live. It, it's ridiculous, really. Was it a hot mic? No, it was not a hot mic. I mean, there's so many different aspects to this, and it would be laughable if it wasn't so frustrating. So, mm-hmm. uh, I can't believe this wasn't the first thing you asked me about. You're showing amazing restraint today. It must be the uh, I know. Must well, be the prison jumpsuit you're wearing. Yeah, no, I mean, look, when we do this, I have, you know, we ease into it with our sort of catch up and I have plan. I have plans, you know, in my mind, it's like, I'm going to bring this in about a third of the way in. So we're going to make people show and I'm first of all, the only reason why it happened was I'm trying to drive more traffic to our podcast. Okay. Well, that's that's why we need to talk about this and get real. So this can get picked up, you know, again. Oh, it'll get picked up. It's going to get picked yeah, up so, because I haven't so talked about something. it. I, no, but I haven't talked about it anywhere because, as you know, if something happens and it becomes, quote unquote, controversial, if you then weigh in on the other end, you give it more air and you give it more life. If I sit off to the side and let people think what they want to think, which they're so wrong mm-hmm. and they just read headlines and they they don't have any idea how this whole thing unfolded. Mm-hmm. Then if I if I chime in, it it lives on another couple of days. If I just shut up, yeah, it, it goes away. It flares up for for eighteen hours, and then in this news cycle, it's gone. Well, so, Troy said Troy made a statement. Yeah, but here's what people don't get: they say that this was an open mic or a hot mic. It wasn't. This was before our rehearsal, so this wasn't like, "Oops, we're on." Hey, I can't believe we just said, oh, my God, we're on. That's not what happened. And But but that doesn't matter in the reporting of it because the reporting of it is from websites that pick up a piece of audio that was clipped by somebody. So along, it leaked. It leaked. It was clipped by somebody along the chain and pulled a chain. <laughs> Thank you, Sergio. Pulled a chain. Thank you, Sergio. 
Uh, You're welcome. Which is what Sergio says when he's hitting an iron, right? Pull the chain. Yeah, real quick, we'll get back to the story. I was playing Pebble Beach with Sergio and and Josh Dumel, this is, this and Josh is was having a this tough is time. Pissing people. The people who are tuning in for this are now getting mad. <laughs> No, no, I know, but it, it, I just am trying to explain it. And Josh was having a tough time, and Sergio was there, and and he goes, "Josh, you need to pull the chain. You need to pull the chain." And he was like, "He's like, you're pulling a chain down from the the roof and 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 trying to get inside." Yeah, but anyway, nobody can hit an iron like Sergio. No, it's easy for Sergio to say, "Pull the chain." You dig the club right into the ground, in my mind. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry, we'll cut that out. That was lame. No, it's not lame. It's worthwhile. We don't cut anything okay. out of this podcast. Um, I know, I know. So yeah, so this is going on before the anthem. Mm-hmm. We're rehearsing and joking around, which I've done, and and every broadcaster does. I've done it for 30 years. Every broadcaster does. It's a way as a performer, and you know this, if you're about to walk out and do a scene from whatever, splitting up together, mm-hmm. or you're about to walk out in front of a crowd and do a scene from uh, Rules of Engagement, there, there's a certain thing you have to do to kind of let the pressure out. So when when mm-hmm. it's, it's abnormal to stand there in front of a screen with a microphone in your hand, and now they're counting you down, and in eight seconds, 18 million people are going to watch mm-hmm. you stand. They're going to watch you stand there and talk. That mm-hmm. That's weird if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're always joking around. I, you're always like Romo sings to everybody on his crew. Um, I've, I've, I've done this. I've talked about it on Fallon. I've sang Ring of Fire before really intense games to everybody on the crew that can hear me just mm-hmm. to kind of lighten the mood, like, hey, or I'll totally. say, I'll say, I totally get that. I'll say before yeah. we go on, hey, remember everybody, don't screw it up, or hey, remember everybody, whatever you've done your whole life, it comes down to the next three hours or something to get people to smile and just relax. Yes, yes. you have to relax. Totally understand. So we're talking as a group. I don't think people understand that we have headsets on, and in the headsets, our producer can talk to us, our director can talk to us. The technical director can talk to us. Steve Horn. I can talk to you. I have a direct feed. <laughs> Thank God to you, you just... can't. Steve Horn, the editorial consultant who stands off to the side, can talk to our ears. Uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Andrews from the field can talk to us. This is all before we go on. But the only mics that are on is we're talking back to everybody else at different points in our crew are our mics. That's just the way it is because now we're about to do the game. So we had had a discussion at dinner uh, with our little group, and we've been together for almost 20 years, 18 years to be exact, we're all really close friends, thank God. And we are all, all over the political spectrum. Like, I consider myself in the center. And I'll, I'll only speak for myself, because I think at this point, you can't really even discuss any of this stuff without pissing everybody mm-hmm. off. But I would say I'm pretty center of, uh, on just about everything. But mm-hmm. we have way left, and we have way right, and we have people that are all over the map. And now we've got an election coming up, so we talk about this stuff internally all the time. And Troy, when there was a flyover, first of all, I thought it was on tape because we're not even covering the national anthem on TV. And the stadium is not full. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how many fans were in Tampa Bay, but because of COVID, they're not allowing full stadiums. So I, they show this video, which isn't even Fox's video, I come to find out. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're narrowing down who clipped this and sold it. And they, they sell it to websites. It's, it's no different than are they, paparazzi. Are they in, trying to investigate this? Are they trying to find yeah. out who actually did this? They yeah. Are. Oh, that, that person will get found out. Because that specific shot of that flyover, which I personally thought was old and a tape and they were running out of our truck like as mm-hmm. furthering our conversation that we were having internally i thought that was on tape that was actually live but that was not a fox shot they know who shot mm-hmm. that was and therefore they know kind of where our audio was going at that moment it wasn't going on mm-hmm. tv it was well before the game but i see this and troy in the microphone is repeating something that he heard the night before from an un i can't I want to, but from an unnamed person on our crew saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, this person happens to be very far left and said, oh, well, under a Biden-Harris, you know, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Troy was right. repeating that 
watching the flyover. And that's when... (laughs) So they clipped that as if he's saying that and as if he's like a Harris... Biden, Biden fan, fan, fan. and he's repeating something that somebody said the night before, which is got it, unbelievable. And then I go into like a forties being sarcastic. He was being, I mean, he was, I mean, whatever's beyond a hundred percent. If you know Troy at all, he was being one hundred percent sarcastic, repeating for the person in the truck to hear, like ha ha ha. And then I go into like a 1950s voice, like. There's your hard-earned tax dollars at work or whatever. Again, repeating parts of conversations to our crew, and they clip that and then run a headline that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck bash flyovers, Mm -hmm. which it had nothing (laughs) to do with any of that. It was like it was a political conversation amongst our group that somebody clipped and sold for the exact reason – Yep. That we're doing this. And yep. and it stirs people up. And then words get weaponized. And then people have to weigh in. Oh, well, screw those guys. You know, they don't, you know, they don't they don't like the military. What? Just just mm-hmm. so people know, and I haven't said this to anybody else, uh, because you never get a chance like we do here to really talk about it. If I even for like somebody at SI that I love, Jimmy Traina, or somebody's a really good Andrew Marshawn of the post. You can give them quotes, but at the end of the day, it's going to come out of their filter. I would rather mm-hmm. just talk about what happened here so we can just mm-hmm. really flesh it out. Um, my dad earned a Purple Heart in World War II, was shot in Germany, and was sitting in a hospital in Paris when World War II ended and saw Charles de Gaulle speak in Paris at the end of World War II. I have heard that story and grew up Great airport, it. by the way. It is a great airport. He'd be very proud. Um, yeah. And my grandfather was on a battleship in the Pacific in World War II. That's my mom's dad. I, I come from all that. My dad, you know, right on, right on down the line, I, that, that's where my sensibilities are. So the idea that we're making fun or making light of or, or belittling a flyover, I've seen some of the coolest freaking flyovers that are some of the most chill-inducing experiences in my life. It's like this communal patriotic experience i know some people are against them some people love them i saw a a stealth bomber go over uh over the stadium i was like jesus like that that's the last sight some people see in their lives before some big ass bomb comes falling out of it and this thing's (laughs) flying over a game i'm like we're about to start a world series and i just saw like the bat wing come flying over this it's unbelievable and if you if you don't get chills out of that i don't know what's wrong with you but that's just kind of where i come down on it but the idea that this piece was clipped and then and was totally misrepresentative of how he and i feel because i've always kept that stuff private but it was a private conversation and kind of having it with our group and then it gets sold as if those are our words which is fine it's it's kind of dead and buried now but that's what happened, and the frustrating part is if that's if that was like a, a ten second window into my soul, you know that that would be unfortunate. But when it's not representing what actually happened, that makes it kind of doubly frustrating because the, people are getting something totally out of context. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make and sense? I, I mean, I don't even know if that makes oh, sense. No, no, it makes one hundred percent perfect, clear. Perfectly clear. I mean, sense. It's yeah, not I, like the sentence I just said. But yeah, it, it's a hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, it makes sense. But you and know, our tax dollars, I don't think even pay for those flyovers. Well, then, then you I mean, exactly. I, I think, uh, I think people now. Somebody said, and I don't it, check Twitter it, during it, October. That that it's it's part of the training hours for a lot of these pilots. I'm telling you. What I didn't understand, I thought it was on tape, because if we're not covering like before a Super Bowl or last night before World Series Game 1, it's on TV. That's part of the communal experience, a television audience seeing that at home like, God, that's amazing. And it wasn't being covered on TV in the stadium. So I thought it was like old tape. And we're repeating a conversation from the night before. 
and being sarcastic and then that's taken is that you know it, it's just the you, fact if you didn't the fact uh if you didn't laugh you'd cry at it or vice the fact the, the, but the fact that you even have to go to these lengths to explain yourself these days is just what's fucked up about everything in our world right now that that's my personal opinion i mean it's like what you said whoever did this is an asshole to begin with then you've got all of these wacky people taking things, you know, not just out of context, but just fucking hammering you with it when it's just so insignificant in the grand scheme of everything. Well, we did. Everyone's looking, we're, everyone's looking to annihilate the other person somehow nowadays, and it's so fucked up. I, I, it, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it, it's, and that, that is really, and we've kind of What's so this offensive around. about it? What's so offensive about it to begin with? I don't even let's understand say, personally. I know, but so let's what? say you're like, oh, there's your tax dollars at work. It's like, I mean, from a pre know. from a pre broadcast conversation that nobody understands, yeah. even knows what the hell we're talking about. And and again, yeah. it's Troy literally repeating what he heard the night before at yes. a dinner conversation from somebody that you know he was given trouble to that that's what happened but the funny part of it is you're right we are in a time where if you say something it's either on this side or that side and if you're on that side they pretty much ignore it because that's how you're supposed to feel if then the other side just comes like an avalanche on top and and not my thing mm-hmm. this this is and no, this, this is, is insignificant. But I, but. I'd like to say this though, for anyone who might be listening to this who does pass judgment upon something like this incident, okay, or anything else. Let's just imagine for a second that there's a microphone in your life, and now we get to publish everything that you say privately. All right. We get to sort of hear your thoughts. And then take those thoughts and put them out there for the world to see. Right. You know how many people would be fucking quote unquote canceled? Well, isn't that. You know how many things people say in private that they would never ever say in public? You know, even in passing, even making, even jokingly, even, you know, so that, that's what, that's what drives me crazy about this kind of shit. The hypocrisy alone. It is. is So so we've kind of gone there on this podcast and it's true when in this case, you're taking what was in essence a joke of of Troy saying something to somebody privately in the truck that somebody clipped and sold, and you're now assigning that, not knowing any of the circumstances, to Troy right. Aikman and how he feels. And now yeah. you build on that and you start saying, or or me and how how I supposedly feel. But that is cancel culture, isn't it? Or isn't that that what you just said is so true and Cancel culture comes from people who, I guess, are living perfect lives. I guess Mm -hmm. because if they are in a position to, quote unquote, cancel somebody, that must mean that they are untouchable. And and everything Mm -hmm. that they profess to be upset about, they're not doing in their own lives or some shade of that in another area, whether it's political or gender-based or, you know, whatever everybody has their own mind. Our minds go in a lot of different directions. Sometimes you're sarcastic. Sometimes you're literal. Sometimes you're, you know, I try to be as helpful as I can with anybody that comes into my path. Sometimes you're in a bad mood. Sometimes you say things because you're pissed off. But my God, for people to take one comment, again, not this, because I think thankfully it's done, but and and then just go on and crush somebody. You know, that's why last night, so I was in a terrible mood all day. I'm dealing with mm-hmm. this. And then you get friends that are like, hey, man, you're hanging in there. I'm like, yeah, I'm hanging in there until I have to respond to this. Then it's back on my mind. Uh, I'm doing the game, and I'm I'm kind of in a bad mood. My bosses were there. They, were, they, they know exactly what happened. They're the ones that are trying to find out who leaked the audio. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're, they, they completely think it's irrelevant, thank God. Um, but I, when they did the ceremonial first pitch which was done in the outfield because of social distancing. They can't do it inside this bubble. So they did it in the outfield. And it was people, first responders, who have helped through the COVID pandemic. And people, they told the story of, 
you know, so-and-so who just, who got in his car and drove two hours just to help at a hospital. And it's like, I sat there and I watched that. And I was like, you know what? That's the real stuff. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's the, not, not this fake controversy mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. is completely out yeah. of context. It's so Though, there's insane. somebody who, when people needed him or her said, I'm there, what do you need? I'm going to put on, you know, PPE and I'm going to go in and do anything I can because I'm a good human being like that. That is what I think this country's made of. I think this country's made. There are so many more people like that. People that want to lend a hand, people that want to give a smile, people that want to reach across the aisle, so to speak. And yet the only people that seem to get attention in this world are the ones who get hysterical over nothing and want to get and want to get absolutely vicious in their own way, uh, which they claim every the other people that they're trying to cancel are, and just go off. I that's not what this country's about. I don't care what your political beliefs are. That who cares? Like we should be able to have a discussion. And if you don't agree with me or I don't agree with you, you go on, you shake hands, you share a drink, and you go on, not like throw silverware at somebody because they don't agree with yeah. you. But that's what's fucking happening now. It's, it's, it's awful. everyone is everyone is going to their corners and getting their fucking weapons out. And it's either me or you, pal. Right. You know, that's it. It, It's someone's going to end up on top instead of having like an actual conversation and being able to be, be, you know, be healthy about what that relationship is. Well, how, how mind blowing would it be for people of a certain age, well younger than me, to go back and see a time if you could like transport them where, let pick a president, Reagan, Reagan's in Mm -hmm. office and Tip Mm -hmm. O'Neill is his biggest opposition. And they're fighting, 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 and it's Republican against Democrat. But at the end of the day, they're both on the same team, and they can go sit in the front row at the Kennedy Center and laugh at something that is being put on stage because they're, at the end of the day, they're both public servants trying to do their best in their own way to help the country. And there, there's a bond there that they may not agree on certain policy, but there is there is a there's a, a a familiarity and a genuine uh friendship well, there's a res- there's and a, a respect, respect yeah that's the yeah, word i was looking I mean, for yeah there's a respect there's a respect for what everyone is trying to do everyone's everyone's trying to make it a better place whatever it is right america everyone in in politics anyone everyone their goal at least they're you know, it's to try to make it good, try to make it better. The way they go about it, it's different, right? But everyone sort of is trying to create the same harmony in America. I I, I agree I think, with that. I think. Fuck, I don't know. I, no, I don't. But I, I do know Who this. I do know this. No matter where you sit on the political spectrum with your own personal beliefs, do something. Like, first of all, vote. That's that's the most important thing. And, and secondly, get involved. Like, you can sling arrows at at whoever's in public office, and you can love them or hate them. And and it's mostly hate uh, as opposed to love. But at least those people are doing something. You know, at mm-hmm. least they're in office. They ran. They cared enough to try to make change. And you know, so at the very minimum. You have to vote, no matter who you're voting for. Yeah, that that's that's your right and that's your duty, I think, to uh, as an American. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, a couple more weeks. Hopefully, the country doesn't explode. Man, it's just everything <laughs> is just so hot, and you just want to put a pin in it. And so go, hot. Just I know. relax, relax. You can't. It's just and what 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 resets that? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. Well, it's whatever scary. side wins, it's scary. Yeah, exactly. Whatever side wins is scary. It's like fuck, you know. Ah, who? Everything is so extreme right now. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this stupid shit. How are your Here's, kids? Here's they you won't miss your children. Oh my god, I'm dying, and they feel <laughs> they feel like they're a foot taller than when I left a week and a half ago. And Blake and Wyatt will not talk to me. I think we talked. Oh, really? No. Still? Still. I mean. 
kinda. But Michelle has to chase them with the FaceTime, and uh, they're just they're they're making me pay, which I it's kind of a compliment in a weird way. It's like a backhanded <laughs> compliment, you know. Totally. And it's like, all right, uh, I love you, and yeah. you're funny, and I miss you, and you're not here, so I'm not going to entertain you with my hellos. Yeah. Yeah, so fuck off. Fuck off, Dad. Uh, <laughs> and and that is literally happening. But the I guess the big the headline that I wanted to talk about is when we were all on with our wives, Michelle all is just obsessed with the idea that she and we drink too much, and and you know it's it's not it's not excessive, but it's it's a glass of wine, maybe two glasses of wine a day. Well, I that's not bad at all. Well, I know, but in her mind, it's like I don't, I don't want to be, you know, I, I need that glass of wine at the end of the day with the kids, and and that's what unwinds me, like a trigger to relax. And I get that, but now I've been on the road since last Sunday. I had that huge night out two Saturdays ago, but I've not had a drink in, uh, you know, a week and a half. And I got to tell you, I feel phenomenal like to to have gone through if i had added the layer of alcohol onto uh this travel and kind of trying to keep my mind i i feel like my mind is more clear than it's ever been so maybe when i do drink i do drink more than i think i do but i i i do these games and i'm like uh i i just i feel crisp and and i don't wake Mm -hmm. up a wreck i get like and i I have this whoop bracelet on that that uh tracks my sleep and Mm -hmm. i'm getting three hours of rem sleep instead of 45 minutes wow that's weird to me that's like uh is that a sign to not drink no i know so i'm uh, you know on the on the drinking topic this happens every summer now where towards the end of the summer into the fall i just have insane heartburn i feel like shit because i've been just drinking all summer long yeah and i'm at that place now where i can't eat the right amount of food meaning i get full quick and it's just i'm uncomfortable because i just been drinking so much i mean everything i do it's like oh this would be better with a beer right (laughs) you know like and that's the problem but um i will say that in the last week same as you i haven't been drinking and I finally have turned a corner, and I feel fantastic. What about the other? The weed? Oh, well, that's every every night. Yeah, I mean, I mean what, what, why don't you stop doing that for a week? Can you stop doing that no, for a week? No. Why? No, why? No, because, that does, because that doesn't fuck you up like alcohol does, which you don't people know don't that. understand. You don't know I that. Do. Okay, I don't want to get into this conversation, but it, but listen, listen to me. Every listen episode we talk about I know. this, I don't, Joe. I, it's not that I smoke. I, I smoke half care. the joint as opposed to five bourbons. What's better? I, I'm. I, I'm. That, that's irrelevant to what I'm about to say. If if you feel like you need something every night, why don't you go for? I don't care what it is. If it's like eating play doh every night, why don't you go a week without eating play doh and see if you kind of okay. reset your I, system. I understand that. I understand that. Uh, it's funny because it, it's hard. I mean, it's honestly, it helps me go to sleep. So when I don't get high, you know, before bed, it's tough because I just, it's, I toss and turn. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you need it to turn. sleep, that's another thing. Uh, you owe me $1,000 because the uh, name of the club is the Bohemian Club. That's what I said in the Sierra. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Mm, fuck! I knew it was the Bohemian Club. God damn it! It was. It's in the Sierra. It's okay. I'll put it on your tab. Uh, do you want to go through some of these listener questions? Yeah. 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 Because I feel like we're droning on, and I don't want this podcast to last for an hour and a half. Nobody. No, wants to no, no. It. People, they do. People love it, Joe. You don't understand. Okay. No. Uh, this no. is. We didn't. Uh, questions from listeners from at Libby Lou. I mean, this is going to spark a ton of conversation. So it's not like we're winding yeah. down. No, I know. Don't worry. How did you know that Aaron was? This is from at Libby Lou. How did you know that Aaron was the one? Um. Well, we were actually friends for a year and a half. So we met in an act, in acting class, 
which is extremely cliche, but it happened. And um, we were paired together for to do this scene, and we had to work together for a few weeks. Um, I had a girlfriend, so it was just very flirty. And that relationship sort of continued as friends, but extremely flirty. It wasn't like, hey, pal, let's go get a hot dog. I mean, it was like, you know, very sexually charged. Um, but I was a good boy. And then I, my girlfriend and I broke up. And then I called Aaron. I said, I broke up with my girlfriend. And she goes, oh, well, I'm dating someone. And it was about a year and a half of that kind of a dance. And then... uh you know, it all culminated a weekend in Vegas. It all happened. Super Bowl. We went to Vegas and partied our asses off with a bunch of friends and uh, fell in love there. Actually. And you knew. <laughs> uh, what profession would Oliver pursue if he weren't famous? If you weren't an actor, let's just say that. Um, psychology. I'd be a psychologist. You'd be good. I mean... Your sister's like a half-ass psychologist. Your mom is a half-ass psychologist. Yeah, yeah. We're all half-ass psychologists. I, I just love the human condition. I think it's just so fucking fascinating that we're all made up of the same materials, but everyone is so different, and it's dependent upon so many different things in your life, and it's just fascinating yeah. to me. It's a good you, answer. You are fascinating to me. Yeah. You're not. You're boring. You know? You, you what would me. you do if you weren't? A, if you weren't, I think I, I would be you know, trying to go ahead. Finish, finish your joke. No, nah, it's too late. You messed it I'm up. I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead. If I weren't trying to what? No, nah, no, nah, nah. <laughs> no. Go. We weren't trying to be I was my dad. Say, if you weren't, yeah, if you weren't trying to get out of your father's shadow. <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> well, uh, what would you be? Uh, I think I would be like an an advertising writer. I, I love that kind of stuff. In fact, your sister and I. Uh, oh yeah, that Bud Light thing. Yeah, I, we wrote ads and pitched it to Bud Light, and they stupidly kind of went a different direction, or were scared, I think, to go with this startup ad agency called uh, Hudson Buck. So I, but I think it's a good ad campaign. Anyway, uh, from at Dominic Popolardo. Popolardo. If you. If you if, Vincenzo. I knew you were going to say, if you could go back to age 21 years old, what would you do differently? Mm, you go first. I'm going to think about that. I, I can honestly say it's easy. It is easy to go, oh, well, I would uh, I'd change a lot of things. I'd be more serious. When I was 21 years old, I was doing the Cardinals broadcast on radio every day. I, Without that, that's the literally the foundation for everything I'm doing. I There is nothing that I go back even mistakes or things I've said on air that some people like, some people didn't, the Randy Moss thing and all that. I have to live with everything that comes out of my mouth in a live setting. And I, it's unfair to say, oh, well, I, I would take that away. So if I if I went back to age 21 and I get that this is a hypothetical, I, I don't think I would do anything differently. I, I was at least professionally really – uh, ahead of the game, and it set me up for Fox getting the rights to cover the NFL when I was 24 and auditioning at Fox and getting that job. So if if I wasn't doing that at 21, I probably wouldn't be at Fox at 51. So I, I can't say that I would do anything differently. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I sort of live that way. I don't have many regrets only because I'm happy with who I am now, and I'm not sure who I would be without all of those sort of bumps in the road, mistakes, whatever you want to call them. It's I am the culmination of all of those things. But I, I think in the hypothetical, at 21 is when I started acting. And I probably would have taken it more seriously. I probably would have focused a little bit more and really, you know, tried to make a go at it. Now, I, I've become successful. I'm, I'm a working actor. Um so I don't have much to complain about, but in the first three years of my career, I just did not give a shit. I was just having a good time and partying and not really focused. So I, I would probably have shifted that maybe a little bit more. Okay. Um, 
This is a great, great question. I, I saw these last night, and I, I still don't have an answer to this, but at Deuce Matthews, if you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl that you couldn't sell, what would you fill it with? What do you mean that I couldn't sell? Meaning, Meaning you can't like, if, sell it for four million bucks. Yeah, you have to. Like, you yeah. have to put something <laughs> on the air in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh God, that's a great question. Uh oh God. I, I, what pops into my head is me dancing naked with <laughs> the blurred out stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's what I picture. Can you imagine just, that? So at the end of the one first minute. quarter, the score is the New England Patriots 14, the LA Rams 7. And now is Oliver, here's Oliver dancing naked to what? Mm-hmm. What song would be in the back? What song would you put on? Oh, man. Maybe She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze. Oh, God, that's gorgeous. That is so it would be it would be sort of a lyrical dance, you know. I thought it'd be something Uh, a little bit more upbeat, like B 52. Yeah, the love shack, baby. (laughs) If you see the side road at the side of the road, Uh, (laughs) I just like being naked. I think naked is funny, you know. Um, I don't know what would you do for the minute. Well, I guarantee it. I wouldn't be naked. I mean, I bear, as I told you, like if Michelle's home, I'd like shower in a swimsuit. Um, oh, with a shirt. Why, why on. do you have such a problem with being naked? I don't like being naked. I don't, I've, it comes from being a fat kid. I don't like being naked. I don't like, it comes from being at summer camp. You know that I went to summer camp and I was gone for three. You, you said summer camp weird. You're like, summer camp, summer camp, summer camp. There you go. I was better. You hit the camp much harder than normal people do. Summer camp. So I'm clearly summer camp. Clearly, go down on the camp. Summer camp. You got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down on the camp. Yeah, there you go. Right. Okay. WNBC. Uh, <laughs> WNBC. I uh, and the it was like a cabin experience, and the communal bathroom. Remember, this is a fat kid who doesn't like being naked. Uh, it's it showers like a prison shower like multiple uh, heads in the shower no stalls no no dividers and then the toilets had no stall walls dividing them they had toilets like in the floor and so if you were gonna take a shower which i had to you had to walk in there totally naked with a bunch of naked you know i was probably uh, and then if you're going to take a shit, you had to sit on the toilet with no dividers with your ass hanging there and take a shit. I went for- No dividers? No for dividers. Shit? Toilets, you know, not toilets in the floor, but just toilets standing up out of the floor, nothing in between the toilets. Oh, God. I went for three and a half weeks. I shit one time. That In the middle of the night? Yeah, I mean that's got to be a record, a record. Wow, that's dan- That's actually dangerous. It is, and yeah. I that my Toxic. body. That's when you. That's why when you say, "Oh, you should do chocolate mushrooms." Oh, you you're, you should microdose whatever. My mind was so strong even then that it told my bowels to not produce anything because <laughs> I didn't want to go take a shit in front of other people. Dude, I I still don't like like locker rooms and stuff. I don't like being naked with other men in there. I think because I, I'm I'm more of a grower. Like I, my limp wiener is not good, you know, for the most part, 85% of the time. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, ah, oh, looking good this morning. And right. then, you know, but, but, but for the most part, it's just looks pathetic. And I don't want to, you know, walk around with a pathetic tiny wiener. Yeah, you know? but let me ask you now, this. If you're in there... It grows you, nicely. It grows nicely. Okay, yeah, but we got, we got all that. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just but, want to make sure but, that everyone but listens. If, but if, if you're in the shower, are you really walking around with a tape measure and looking at everybody else? Who can, nobody's examining any of that. 
what are you crazy? Of course, everyone's looking at each other's no, dicks. I look at not, not I look that, at all the not, dicks. I check out all the dicks. You know, I love. The maybe dicks. I'm just so in my own world. <laughs> it, maybe I'm just so in my own world that I just I don't know. Oh, you kidding, dude? I'm always I'm like, oh, like this old dude's got some schlaw. Like, wow, dude, that guy's, or or, or there's a little tiny little head and a big nest. I mean, I'm cont- I, I Everyone's <laughs> looking at the dicks. Everyone's looking at the dicks. Of course, it's human nature big, to look down. Did you just say a big nest? Yeah, it's like a little, like a little uh, birdie sticking, baby bird sticking its head out of the exactly, Ex- exactly, looking for a worm for mommy. <laughs> uh, what would I put in? I, I would just put in, I would put in like a little PSA for all the workers at, uh, and this makes me a much better person than you because you want to dance naked. I, I would put in a children's hospital video, St. Louis Children's Hospital video. And all the oh god, uh, it's so great! But thank you for that. You just made me look like an asshole. Okay, I'm going to amend mine. I'm going to dance naked, but I'm doing St. Jude's at the bottom. I'm proud of you. Uh, you what's know. the first? This is from Marco Beruetta. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? I, I'll answer this one first. I try like hell to actually get up. I I don't sleep until I think the morning hours. So when I wake up, I'm like, I don't care how long I've been sleeping. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I want to go back to sleep. So I have to actually force myself to roll out of bed. And I will be honest, even though they're not, uh, I don't think they're on this podcast, which makes me worry, but uh, I, I drink my athletic greens. That's honest to God, swear to God. I just had Michelle ship me some more. So uh, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do the same. I drink my athletics uh, when I get up. But the first thing I do, which is a fucking sad thing, honestly, is I grab my goddamn phone and I start reading the news. It's just such a bad thing to wake up to. Especially these it. days. Like Michelle it. Michelle put on the Today Show like at the top of the hour and the boys are just getting up and you're tired and you're dragging ass. And then it's like... Corona, 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 political, political, yeah. political, Corona, Corona, death, death, death. Uh, here's yeah. Al with the weather. Like fuck. Yeah. I, I I don't even want to get. I don't even want to get out of my room. I uh, know it's just so negative. And here's it's another so horrible negative. story to start your morning. You know, here's more yeah. infighting in our government. Here's more deaths on. Here's the death tolls up to fuck. And by the way, even Al. Even Al, like, more hurricanes coming. Right. 13-year-old got struck by lightning. Yeah. Someone fell in a sinkhole. Al, just stop. Just tell me about, like, is it going to rain and put your blue glasses away? Uh, Yeah, it's just a lot. And by the way, since we talked, and I think I can say this because she signed a a release with me, uh, my mom has COVID. No, really? Mm -hmm. 81 years old. Has COVID? Oh shit! And I've been how, gone. What, how, how? I mean, how how do you ever answer that? I don't know. She well, there's tracing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I idea. think so. And and you we know, we don't want to put that out there, though. Really. No, it's just not Ooh. worth it. it. It's it's just from living her life. I mean, she could sit in the basement, and I think she's doing everything she can. She has very little contact with, uh, you know, more than five people in her life so it's, it's she easy feeling? to narrow it down she feels horrible uh she was it went from i think i have a cold to i just don't feel that good to uh, my sister got her tested i still don't feel that good then she really started sounding bad and then the test came back positive and then she went into the hospital because her oxygen was like down around 90 or 88 which is not good that's like the main thing is, That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. is the saturation uh, and and making sure that you're getting oxygen. Um, and so she went in. They gave her fluids. She kind of perked right up, and uh, they sent her home. And so she basically went a week with COVID, we think, and got through it on her own. And you know, she's not on any medication. She's getting up, moving around, kind of clearing the stuff out of her lungs. Doesn't feel great. Had the intestinal stuff, and that was bad. But, you know, I'm proud of her that she's slugging her way through it, and it sucks being gone because I'm kind of the one in my sister. Thank God for her. Uh, but she also leans on me kind of emotionally, and so I'm calling her um, during all these games and everything. I'm calling her at, between innings, and I'm like, Mom, let's go. Let's get up, move around. You know, she wants to lay there, and I want her to 
she needs to get up and get active and she needs to have the right mentality. So I'm that that's another layer. But she's doing good and thank God. But is she is she negative now? I mean, is she tested negative? I don't know. I don't think she's, she's still, I don't know. It does you know I I, I don't know the well, is she is, is she out of the woods is is I guess what I'm asking. Are any is of she, us out of the woods, Oliver? Ever. I like to live in the woods. It's, it's prettier there. I know. It's nicer. Wasn't it's that Timberlake's album? <laughs> Man of the Woods. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I think she's over like the midline. Okay. She's she's on the back okay. end of it. So thank God. But you know that that kind of changes your whole perspective on COVID. Yeah. And, you know, wow. it happened happens to everybody else, and then it happens to your eighty one year old mom. And but she's good, and uh, I'm proud of her for for being healthy enough to kind of get through it without any any assistance no oxygen never got oxygen um and since since i seem to get every genetic and dna code from her uh that that gives me some hope for later on in my life uh we'll get better mama buck yes uh um at last one um last one and we'll get out of here. Did Joe, did you ever meet bob gibson yes he just passed away he was my dad i think he was my dad's favorite cardinal and people always ask me what's your favorite call your dad's and he's known for i don't believe what i just saw with a kirk gibson home run and scully had an unbelievable call that night back in 88 which is the last time the dodgers won that's kind of weird i mean I'm wait not, what was scully's call he so it's gibson he says she is gone but then when he gets around the bases he says in the year of the because gibson was so hurt he wasn't even, you know, he was, came off the bench. They didn't even think he could play. It's a home run off the untouchable Dennis Eckersley. And Scully, when he gets to the plate, he's made his way around. And he says, in the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened, which is like beautiful, perfect wow. line. And my dad wow. was in the moment, which is a different type of call because it was radio, national radio. I don't believe what I just saw is, you know, Gibson's limping around the bases and they win the game and it's unbelievable. But that's the last time the Dodgers won it. And my dad was on the call on national radio. And now I'm on the call on national TV. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl last year. And the only time my dad did a TV Super Bowl nationally is when the Chiefs won Super Bowl four in 1969-70. So uh it's kind of weird how history keeps wow. repeating itself and 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 i say all that knowing full well that this is a tampa bay team that just you know is really dangerous but we'll see we'll see what happens i've done the, this is the third time i've done the dodgers in the world series this is why matt sasaki who's probably editing this right now hates me <laughs> or yeah. hated me because two of the previous three years i've told him and his dodger fan friends that his team lost and I've screamed and yelled for the Houston Astros and then the Boston Red Sox because that's my job. And he's like, fuck this guy. He hates the Dodgers. And it's like, I would have done the yeah. same for the Dodgers, but they didn't win. And I'm sorry. I don't have any well, control. Let's see what happens. I expect you to get really loud if they win. Super excited. In the year. I'm, I'm just going to do. I'm going to do. Uh, do I don't believe what I did in the year of the improbable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna melt. I'm gonna do like a mashup of my dad and Scully from '88. That's a great idea. What a great call! It's such what a great, great line. call. It's perfect. Oh, uh, oh my God, Jesus, that's good. Um, do you think that just came out of his mouth? Um, do you think he planned that, Scully? Anyway, no. I, well, he had. <laughs> would it take Gibson a minute and a half to get around the bases, like pumping his that's fist? That's true. He, yeah, he yeah. had some time. He had some time to come up with that. <laughs> uh, here's the last uh, thing, right, and last then we're going to say last bye. One, yeah. Here, yeah. this is from Glendon Hudson. Do you know Glenn Hudson? Oh, great last name. Okay, so that's not a. It's not like a cousin or something. I don't know. I Could mean, be. maybe. It's a, there's a possibility. Yeah. Here's a good daddy issues question: asking for a friend, smiley face. I know a couple that have been trying to have a child. I'm closer with the girl than I am the husband. She cornered me the other day and expressed her frustration with their inability to conceive. She made the case that I obviously had some swimmers, referring to children, and asked if I'd help her out, claiming her husband and I look relatively similar. The proposition is something I'm not interested in and need to close the door. 
what would you do to exit the situation? Oh, my Lord. That's like the deepest, say, most sick question I've ever been asked. Well, I mean, close the door. It's like, I'm sorry. I don't feel comfortable. How about that? I mean, it's pretty, right? I mean. it's Yeah, it's, it's an easy it, answer. It's just that that is a serious situation. But he is closer with the girl than the husband. So they were probably friends before. I wonder if they had, like, actually had slept together in the past. I think that's a you know. that's part of this equation that needs yeah, to be found yeah. out. Maybe we need to have I, I, this guy on. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I just say, look, I love both of you. You know, theoretically, it sounds great, and I'd love to help you, but I'm just too close to it, and I don't know what the future would hold. I don't know how I would feel or react once this baby comes into the world and it happens to be mine. I'm just not secure enough to know how I will react to something like this. And it's best if we do this the right way and find a sperm donor named Oliver Hudson. <laughs> instead of Glendon. So so instead of Glendon, come to me. I'll give you some sperm. There you go. And it's a it's Hudson it. sperm. It's Hudson sperm. Man, think That's of right. think of the money you could get for that. You could be like, like the, a, a, the David like a, Crosby like, of uh, didn't David Crosby <laughs> donate sperm to someone uh, to Melissa Melissa Miss, yeah yeah you could donate yeah. sperm little actors little skiers little right pot, or I could just be like potheads. a I could be like a whole you know like a stud horse where I just like yeah and people pay me you know hundred grand a shot yeah you know it's called. It's a good uh, idea. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's Goldie loins, Goldie loins, Goldie loins, and the three sperms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta get to work. I All love right. you. Okay, love you too, buddy. See ya. 